Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Today, I am actually going to talk about, drumroll, sex. <laughs> Did that catch you by surprise? And it's so weird to me because I've been doing this podcast for how many years? And obviously, like I'm focusing on love and relationships and confidence and dating, but I have never really dedicated a show, a whole episode around sexual confidence, which is such an important topic in attracting a partner. So while it can mean different things to different people, in general, sexual confidence is a feeling of being comfortable in your body. It's knowing you deserve pleasure and being able to articulate what you enjoy, as well as listening to the needs of your sexual partner and all that stuff that goes into that, how that impacts just like how you put yourself out there. And of all the things that affect our sexual satisfaction, the most important element is sexual confidence. By that, I mean knowing not only that you're desirable, but also that you bring to a sexual encounter is likely to be highly valued by your partner. Now, not surprisingly, sexually confident people, and this is a lot of researchers out there, seem to be more sexually active. They date more. They have a whole lot more fun doing it, too. And that doesn't mean they confuse quantity with quality. What sets the sexually confident man or woman apart is that they are relaxed. They experience things fully because they aren't self-conscious. They don't obsess about rejection or failure. And as a result, they actually enjoy success after success. But so many people speak of sexual confidence almost as if it were like this exotic potion, this like voodoo thing enjoyed only by the lucky few and not really sure how to get it. Now, I just, I'm really jazzed about this topic because I just came off of doing my Spark Your Sexy Women's Retreat this weekend where we were focusing on gaining sexy confidence. Now, it's a little different. I mean, it's involved with sexual self-confidence, but I was focusing on their body, their wardrobe, their conversation skills, their flirting techniques. And what was so interesting is that so many of the women there revealed that they hadn't had sex for a very long time and admitted that it really impacted their confidence overall and flirtation with men. So they felt like part of themselves were shut down. And moreover, a lot disclosed feeling bad about their body, especially with it shifting over the years, which then guess what, impacted them putting themselves out there. So it's all intertwined. And we talked about how their lack of sexy confidence impacted the signals they were sending to the men. And they didn't even realize how powerful it was because body language, they couldn't even see on themselves. But during the retreat, they really felt it. And they want to feel they can walk in a room and seduce a man, yet they fear it too. It was so beautiful to watch them come out of their shell. And we went through a whole makeover process with their wardrobe, their hair, their makeup. They took a salsa dancing lesson. They were moving their hips. Their hips were not lying. And a lot of their body language work, of course. And then I brought to take them to the test, a bunch of bachelors to practice on. And at that time that they arrived after working with them, I just had to share because it was really fun. And it relates to what we're talking about today. 
the ladies were wearing cat ears, red lipstick, and they were coming out greeting the men to the song, I'm Too Sexy. Okay, so if that (laughs) wasn't a transformation, I had created these beautiful, sexy monsters. And quite honestly, they liked it. So the good news is, is that sexual self-confidence, seemingly mystical characteristic is missing in your life. Things can change if you're sexually insecure or uptight or just feel as if you aren't very good at it at all. All of that can change. The really good news is that attaining sexual confidence is totally up to you. And it's time for you to put a little strut in your stuff. And while I can help you dance to I'm Too Sexy, I'm not like really versed. I'm not a sex expert. I'm bringing on the expert today to really help with you, you know, feeling that sexual confidence with a lot of tangible tips. So she is the co-founder and CEO of two corporations, Personal Life Media, a publisher of heart-connected lovemaking techniques and bedroom communication skills, and the 20 LLC a organic and botanical supplements that enhance sexual vitality. That's so cool. A best-selling author and publisher of 34, 34 books and programs, including Sexual Soulmates, Relationship Magic, Revive Her Drive, Ravish Him, Steamy Sex Ed, The Passion Patch, Hormone Balancing, and Hot to Trot. She's been featured in New York Times and CNBC and the Today Show, as well as frequent appearances on ABC, CBS, the CW, Fox, and NBC, and now the Charisma Quotient. Welcome, Susan Bratton. Are you there? Yes, 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 I am here. (laughs) What an entry. I wouldn't expect anything less, of course. (laughs) Yes, yes, and yes. Oh my gosh. Well, you are such a light. I kind of stumbled upon you. You, Well, first of all, you're hard to stumble upon because you are so radiant and beautiful, but I didn't know you. We met at this conference, this mutual group that we're in. And I just remember, I didn't share this with you, but I remember just seeing you and I was like, who is that goddess over there? Like you know, literally like you exude just that like sexual confidence and beauty just inward and out. And I just, I love how we connected and and then we're like, oh my gosh, we got to do a podcast together. (laughs) I know you were so warm and inviting Kimmy. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. (laughs) Well, I would love, because I don't really know that much about you. And that's why I love doing these podcasts. I'd love for you to just share your story, your journey, like what got you into all the sex talk to begin with? Well, I think ultimately the reason I became my title, I love my title. It's intimacy expert to millions. Mm. And there's a couple of reasons why it's my title. I used to have a title that was trusted, hot sex advisor to millions. And I loved that title, trusted, hot sex advisor. Well, is it hot sex or are you a hot sex advisor, right? It was like a double entendre because I always felt like if I'm going to teach people how to transform having sex into making love, which is what I do, I should be sexy. I mean, I think Dr. Ruth was a different era and we needed to hear from a little German lady what we needed to know about sex. But now (laughs) sex experts need to be sexy. You need to walk your talk. And so when you turned and you saw me in my bright turquoise pool outfit and went, who is that? I want to meet her. I think a big part of that is just that I am 60 years old and I love to be as sexy as hell. 
I want to be as sexy as I possibly can. And when my PR firm got a hold of me, they were like, oh, no, 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 no. This is way over the top. You can't be trusted hot sex advisor to millions. They said, you need to be the intimacy expert to millions because intimacy is a, like a communication strategy for sex without saying sex, because everybody's so afraid of sex and we're, we get so shamed about sex. And so many of us women have been People honestly have been sexually molested, assaulted, traumatized. We've been laughed at. We've been kicked out of bed. We've been impregnated by accident. We've gotten ST. I mean, it's just the road of our sexuality is littered with traumas. <laughs> you know, our parents didn't teach us about sex. Well, it wasn't really their job, but we still aren't over that. <laughs> and so I got here because a little over a decade into my marriage of now 31 years, I just had stopped wanting sex with my husband because I'd never had an orgasm after over a decade of intercourse with him. And I just wasn't interested in doing it anymore. And he was very frustrated with me and had kind of emotionally checked out of the marriage. And we said, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> this is not right. We are two very smart people. We should be able to figure this out. And so we started going to therapists, but then we started going to sex workshops and the minute we started learning sexual techniques and communicating with each other, we started having great sex. Oh it was God. that simple. And I was like, what the what? How come we're not taught these things? Yes. Well, we're not taught these things because we live in a religiously oriented, patriarchal, suppression, repression paradigm. And that ain't going to last much longer because women are like, uh, screw you people. We're taking our sex back. And not only that, but we're moving from patriarchal sex, which is what we, the shitty sex we've been getting from you guys to matriarchal sex. And that's really what gives us confidence is understanding that the kind of sex we want until I tell you what it is, you're like, oh, I, I never really thought about it that way. But yeah, that is what I want that I'm not getting. As soon as you hear about it, you're like, oh, that's what I want. And then you're empowered to explain that to your partner. Because there is one thing that I know about men. Certainly there are men who are oppressing women and doing terrible things to women, but that's not most of them. Mm -hmm. Mostly we're in relationships with lovely, kind-hearted men who are doing the best they can do with the information they have. And they didn't get any information either. Not only that, but the information they do get is pornography, which is basically so disempowering for them and us as women, because it shows what men want to visually see to masturbate because they have to keep their sperm topped off. They're biologically driven to masturbate more than we are. And so mm -hmm. they masturbate all the time to porn and then they see porn and then they think that's what sex is. They think that's what their sex education is. And so everything is so screwed up. Thank you for having me today. This is not <laughs> the end of my TED talk. This is the beginning of my oh, TED yes. talk. <laughs> <laughs> and the audience goes wild. Yeah, yeah, no. I love it. Well, actually, wait, I want to pause here because yeah, yeah, there, there were so many like things that you were saying <laughs> that I wanted to like comment on, but I, I, I loved your TED talk. <laughs> so the notion of like when you were in that place where things just kind of stopped with your husband, because I hear this a lot with women, because a lot of even men and women who 
maybe haven't been in a relationship for a long time and they're like getting back out there and dating, like there's different parts of our lives where we shut down. Was it like that before, like in your life and like you had to like kind of regain some of that like sexual drive and confidence or was this something always a part of you? And like, do you have advice for that? Because we ebb and flow in the way that our sexual confidence plays out with different partners. Yeah. So I always wanted really good sex. I always had pretty mediocre sex. When I met my husband, I thought Mm -hmm. it was good to start. It was as good as I knew that it could be possible, but it wasn't good enough to keep me interested for a decade. Mm -hmm. So our set point of what we think is good sex, we need to be moving that, increasing that set point higher and higher and higher, better and better and better as we go. Because when we're in our 20s and we start having sex, we were it's all new and it's novel and it's exciting. But then by our 30s, we're like, yeah, you know, it's okay. But honestly, I never had an orgasm from intercourse. And I hear other women are enjoying female ejaculatory orgasms. And the only way I can come is through this one vibrator that I use. And that's like my path. And I don't feel like I'm living up to my potential compared to what I think other women are having. So Then you hit your forties. If you had kids and they're kind of becoming established a little bit and you don't have to be so exhausted raising them, then you're like, okay, either my partner is so boring to me and he stinks and he's fat and I can't stand him or wow, we finally get some time together and we have to start over. We're having a renaissance in our relationship or anything along that spectrum. And then we want to have sex. Then We start feeling like, oh, maybe we're too old. Maybe we're not attractive anymore. And all the body image, if they haven't already been creeping in, they start creeping in and that puts us off. And so like, there's just all this stuff that gets in our way of having the joyous part of our humanity. That is our sexuality and our intimate connection and incredible pleasure Mm. that I feel like in a way one of the jobs that I do is I give people permission to have great sex, tell them that they deserve it, Mm. tell them how to get over, especially women specifically, how to get over having, why do we have such body image issues? Of course, Madison Avenue, right? Of course, Photoshop, of course, filters, of course, Instagram, all that stuff, but that's not really what it is. Mm -hmm. What it really is. It's not the unobtainium of others. It's this, I think it's estrogen that it makes us very judgmental and critical, especially when we hit our thirties. I could tell a 30 year old blindfolded because they're all judgy because when you're judgmental, it's a process of individuation. I'm judging things to decide what's right for me. So these are the things that aren't right for me. You get really judgy. You get through that by the time you're in your forties and in your forties, often you have this kind of Renaissance, almost like the midlife crisis. I don't like to call it that. Mm -hmm. What I call it is I've been a good girl and done all the stuff I, everybody thought I should do. And now screw you all. It's my time. And I'm going to have some fun. And that often happens for women in their late forties, mid to late forties. They're like, let's go people. I need more than I've been getting. And I love to get to women about that age because they're willing to just like do what it takes to have what they want. And they're much less unencumbered by the machinations of polite society. And they realize their sex life is behind closed doors and they're willing to experiment. And they, they have less of a sharp eye on their perfection. And they're more like, well, screw it. It's all going South. Anyway, let's go, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
they got to give up a little on all that worry about being perfect. You know, I love that as you're like saying, I love the evolution of what you're saying, (laughs) like in each decade, how we all change and the stressors. Cause I'm like thinking of myself as you were, why I'm like, Oh my God, she's so right. That's so true. Oh my God. Yes. Is there gender differences then with men in the evolution of that? Like, do you so different? Yeah. So what is, what do men go through? Well, they go through that same like novelty and variety experience in their twenties, uh-huh. but in some ways they never change from that. Like, <laughs> see, that's what I was kind of thinking. I'm like, wait, is, is it more complex than I see <laughs> with men? It's always less complex than you right, see. Right, right, right. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, we are so complex in so many ways and in beautiful so ways. Yeah. Dudes, they basically want to screw with 26 year old till the day they die. Uh That's what they want. Mm -hmm. They never think they're too old. They're 57. They got a grizzly old gray beard. They got a pop belly. And they're like, yeah, I'm on seeking arrangement, trying to pick up some 26 year olds. And I'm like, why do you think they're even going to have sex with you? Because I'm going to pay you for dinner. Like, yeah, they got it. And they got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, now, but what about, but then I, I hear men talk about a lot of like the sexual dysfunction and the lack of erection that happens as they get older and stuff like that and how that impacts their self-esteem and manlyhood and that kind of thing. Do you see that too? You know what I see a lot of, I see all that and more because one of the things that I'm known for, so there's three legs to my stool, if you will, there's, Mm -hmm. I create passionate love making techniques that transform having sex into making love heart connected conscious love making techniques like the antidote to porn i teach people orgasm skills mm-hmm. touch techniques kissing techniques oral pleasuring techniques genital massage techniques sensual massage techniques like the very technique touch physical driven Step by step, here's how you do it. Have you thought of this? Have you thought of this? Try this, try this, try this. And then the second thing I do is I teach bedroom communication skills, all kinds of skills. One of them is the Sexual Soulmate Pact, P-A-C-T, sexualsoulmatepact.com, which is one thing I want to give your audience today, which is essentially how to ask for what you want, even if you don't know what you want, but you know what you're getting isn't it in a ninja way that if you're with a male bodied partner, they're going to be actually happy. You told them, and they're not going to contract and get their feelings hurt uh. and be all like, uh, 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 which they do. If you give them any friggin' feedback. So that's at sexual I'm not going to go into it now because you can download it for free. And it is literally the number one, most important thing I can give anyone is understanding what you want, and then communicating it to your partner in a way that they're like, thank you, babe. How's it feel now? Like, I love magic friggin' Uh, words, Kimmy, right? I mean, Susan, you know, what's so great. And I know we just met, but it is really (laughs) such a meta. It's our first date, but like we really, I know, I think we're getting along brilliantly, but the (laughs) thing that I teach, it's so similar because it really is all the same. It's about, because I call myself a strategist. I don't even call myself a therapist or coach these days because people need strategies. They need Mm -hmm. techniques. They need skills that will help with their confidence. And I feel like that's what you're doing. And then the most crucial part of it is once you learn these skills, once you get a partner, then how do we communicate with one another, whether that's in bed, whether that's, you know, in the relationship, it's so important. So I love 
just that you break it down that way, yeah. you know, and you make it so easy, you know, just the way that you're talking about it. Cause to your point, sex just seems so taboo. And in the retreat, my women were saying, it's like, why in our age, like if you're over 40 listening to this, we grew up in an era where sex just was more taboo. Like, and we didn't have the internet and we didn't have education like that. So we just like kind of had to secretly figure it out on their own. And I just love the way that you're just making it so normal. One thing I wondered is, do you ever help people and, or just maybe advice that you see with people who are really stuck in a rut and they feel like they want to have sexual experiences, but they have some guilt around it. They haven't really been out there dating. Like, when they're kind of almost stuck with the cobwebs, you know, kind of thing, and they don't know how to get themselves unstuck. Yeah. Well, let me answer that. But I want to finish what I was saying about what guys. Yeah. I'm no so worries. I kept back. the thread. Yes, I, I got it. it. So the techniques are one thing. And that's what you start with is learning. And then you learn the bedroom communication skills and yeah. they work so beautifully together. But the third leg of the stool is sexual health. And that is how do we keep our vulvas lubricated? How do we feel our pleasure? How do we deal with all the things that happen to our bodies? What men struggle with is certainly, and younger and younger, low testosterone, erectile dysfunction, et cetera. And a lot of guys, because their firmness wanes so perceptibly over the years Mm -hmm. that a guy will think that he's perfectly fine. And he has like basically a wet noodle. And he thinks it's good because he can masturbate and have an orgasm with it, but it's barely strong enough to penetrate. And he's unaware that it's so weak. And I wrote a book that has had over 50,000 downloads. It's called The Pump Guide. It's at pumpingguide.com, which is for men who want to use a penis pump to reverse the atrophy and for enlargement. Because I'll tell you that even men who are six and a half, sometimes seven inches in size, which is well above average, think that their penises are way too small. And they are shamed and embarrassed and afraid to date because they think their penis isn't big enough, not hard enough, not big enough, because they watch too much porn. And they see all those giant schlongs on their computer or television, on their wide screen, in their easy chair. They must be like seven feet wide on their big screen TV. (laughs) And then they feel marginalized and then they stop going out. And I'll tell you that so many men sit at home, wonderful men with so much love to give that doesn't get given over their porn habit and their fear of their penises not being good enough. Mm. So women are not the only ones with body image issues. I know men very intimately and I help so many of them. I mean, and I, I talked to a guy today and he said, I'm five and a half inches long and a girlfriend shamed me and I haven't dated since. Do you think a pump will help me? Can I get to 10 inches? And I'm like, dude, how about if you get to six or seven and you'll be bigger than most men and you don't have to worry about getting to 10? Like, why are you worried about getting to, why are you asking me how long will it take me to get to 10 inches when you could be six and girls will be fine with that. Mm. You just need to be a nice guy and know how to use it. And so (laughs) they're wrapped up in their own whole other world of crazy, crazy thinking, like, just like we are. So you're not alone. If you've had body image issues is really what I want to say is I explain these things partially just because it's interesting for women to hear the stuff that I talk about with men. And secondly, just have some empathy for them too. 
really, first of all, I'm so glad you looped back in. See, I got so excited mm-hmm. with you. I, 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 <laughs> I skipped the foreplay. I just went right for the other. <laughs> no, but it's true. And I guess that's why before when I was thinking about men, because so much with confidence and sexual confidence, I think it, it's focused a lot on women out there. Yeah. You just even like socially, like as we talk about, but I'm encountering a lot of men like you're talking about too, and like great guys and they are shut down. And I guess yes. that's, yeah, that was my train of thought of being shut down because both sexes shut down. I think it's really called performance anxiety mm. in my world, men and women, people across the gender spectrum, as I like to say, we all suffer from it. Even at 60 years old, having the best sex life of my life, I have incredible partners and I mean, you could, you could not have a quiz show and have me as your opponent and win at anything around sex. Like it would be really tough. I'm an old lady doing this for a long time with a lot of experience. I still get performance anxiety. Am I going to be able to come? I'm like, ah, girl, uh, yeah, you are because you're a crazy comer. Of course, you're going to be able to come for goodness sakes. Let it go. And what that is, that's my estrogen. Yeah. Making me worried because estrogen's job, one of its jobs is to keep us safe. We are prey. Mm. We are prey as the women. We are estrogen based. We're like horses. We startle, we'll run because the cougar will come eat us. The mountain lion will come to eat us. And men are the mountain lions, right? So we have to be careful. We've all had, if we're, if we're lucky, if all we've had is a brush with abuse of some kind, most of us have Mm. been abused, terrorized, raped, hurt, shamed, et cetera. So we have to get over all that just to come into our own God given sexuality, but we can, because we women, we are strong, we persist, and we have the desire for incredible, passionate lovemaking, and we believe it is possible, and we have to hold on to that hope and put ourselves out there safely. And that's why I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing, which is taking those women who do feel like, where do I start? How do I do this? Mm-hmm. And what I would say is masturbation is your answer. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things I thought would be really fun is to talk to you about something that I learned from one of my mentors. I've been very lucky to have some incredible mentors. One of them is Sherry Winston, who wrote an, one of the best books I've ever read about sex called The Women's Anatomy of Arousal. Mm. She's taught me so much about female anatomy and what it takes to get us turned on. Because remember when I was talking about the matriarchal versus patriarchal sex? Yeah, yeah. So the masculine, he has something called hemodynamics, which is we all have hemodynamics. It's blood flow, how fast and well your blood flows. Men, the way they're anatomically designed with these three chambers in their penis, the blood just goes right in them real fast and blocks their penis muscles, essentially the muscles of their vascular system and holds the blood in and traps it in there for a firm erection. For women, we have, men have three tubes of erectile tissue in their penis. We have three erectile tissue systems in our vulva. We've got our clitoral structure, the wishbone structure. We have the urethral structure, which people call a G spot, but it's a long noodle, a spongy noodle. And we have the perineal sponge on the bottom of our vagina. So our vagina is completely wrapped in erectile tissue. But if we're lucky, our partner puts a little pleasure on one little tip of the iceberg, but doesn't understand how all that works. So our job 
is to teach our male-bodied partners to touch our entire vulva and pleasure our entire vulva to give us the clitoral erection, if you will, that we need to feel all the pleasure that we're capable of. And it's funny, I one of my girlfriends is having a baby and I'm going to be her ecstatic birth partner. She wants to have an ecstatic birth. Oh, wow. So we're learning about ecstatic birth together. And she came over the other day and I gave her a yoni massage, a, a vulva massage. It was the first time I've ever done this. It's our experiment that we're doing together. We're on this journey together. I want to help her usher in her little girl mm-hmm. in an ecstatic birthing experience. There'll be a midwife there and all that wow. stuff. I'm, I'm just added in as the person to help with that. And I gave her probably like an hour's worth of vulva massage. I started with her breasts and her belly and I worked my way down to her mons and I got that tissue very fluid. And then I worked my way down to the outer labia underneath the pubic hair on each side. And then I did her thighs and her groin and her little sweet butt cheeks. And then I just started on her inner labia and I just started touching the hood of her clitoris. And then I took long fingers and just kind of swiped up and down the vestibule, which is the opening to the whole area where the inside of the vagina is, where your urine exit comes out underneath of the clitoris stroked all that. Over time, I started gently stroking her clitoral structures. I was telling her the whole time what I was touching and what I was doing. And then I went inside with my fingers after I made sure she was okay if I entered her and I stroked the roof where the G area is. And I felt the whole opening to her vagina, the introidal sphincter. And I touched the whole thing like a clock and told her where my fingers were. And what was very important to me was that I said, this is the thing that's going to get damaged in childbirth if anything does, because Mm. it's this tight little sphincter muscle. So we have to work on this and get this loose and loose and loose and smooth and open and full of blood and really healthy and really juicy over the next few months before you deliver. So nothing gets torn or stretched or hurt because that's what they cut in an episiotomy. They cut that sphincter muscle down through the perineum so the baby's head can come out if it doesn't stretch open enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want any surgery. I don't want anything to happen mm-hmm. to her like that. So I said, you know, this feels tight. I really want you to open it. You're going to birth the baby like you're going to birth an orgasm. You're pushing out, you're opening your vulva. It's always opening, not crunching down. And And then I stroked inside her vagina. I showed her where her perineal sponge was, where her G-spot was, where the nerves run down on the sides toward her leg. She could feel it all. And a couple of days later, she texted me and she said, my yoni just, yoni is another word for vulva. It's a tantric lovemaking word. (laughs) Who's yoni? (laughs) Y-O-N-I, yoni. And the penis is called lingam, yoni and lingam. They're tantric lovemaking Mm. words, which I think are pretty. She said, my yoni is so activated. She said, I realized that, all the guys that I've ever been with, they basically just, if they even touch my clitoris, all they do is they just go enter me so quickly. They're just like, right. And they never, I've never had anyone need K N E A D mm-hmm. need stroke my outer lips like you did before. And she mm-hmm. said, it's just incredible. I'm just so, I feel so good. I feel so calm and yet turned on. And I just think to myself, the more that we understand that we need these things and teach our partner these things, the better our sex gets because we get all this engorgement. 
But the second piece is self-pleasuring and doing this orgasmic cross-training that I learned from Sherry. What it really does is it teaches you how to have orgasms in different ways so that you become very multi-orgasmic and more sexually self-confident because you don't have so much performance anxiety. So Uh, the first step to answer your question in a very long-winded way. No, this is great. This is great. (laughs) These are the things we women do for each other. Mm -hmm. There's me giving her a yoni massage was not a sexual experience. It was a woman to woman, Mm -hmm. loving, supportive, awakening, sensual experience. Mm -hmm. These are the kinds of things we can do. It doesn't make us gay. It doesn't make us anything, but loving female sister beings. Mm -hmm. And the more we can talk to each other and share and look at each other's vulvas and realize they're all so beautiful and so different, the more we can honor our own vulvas, the more we can learn how to give ourselves orgasms, the better off we'll be in the long run with our confidence sexually. And there are a couple of sex toys that I like to recommend for women who want to go on this orgasmic cross-training journey and I could go there or not with you. I know we only have a, a few minutes left, so you won't, I can come back. <laughs> I can do I, I a video. You, everyone for you. will want you to come back. anytime. So I'm just, yeah. I'll Aww. drop there and let yeah. you decide how we close off. Yeah, today. no, this is so good. And I imagine that they're going to get so many amazing tools going to your stuff. And I, I want you to announce where they can get everything, sure. you know, your, your information, but maybe you could give just like one or two tools to just tease them with (laughs) so that they have to come back for more. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Let's see. I think that the tool that I would like to give you is a video. It's at arousaltips.com. And it's a video explaining the difference between your libido, your desire, and your arousal as a woman, why your libido is not broken, Mm, how your arousal systems work. It goes over with pictures, all the female anatomy that we've discussed and gives you so much more of this kind of conversation of what is the matriarchal view of sex? How does a woman need to have sex? Why are our bodies different than men? And why have we been having sex like men? What's women's sex like? Not two women together, but what does a woman need from her partner of any gender? So I think arousaltips.com is the thing that I would like to give to your listeners now. When you go to that or you go to sexualsoulmatepact.com, you actually opt in and you get all my sex tips newsletter, which you can unsubscribe from at any time, but you won't want to. (laughs) I don't think because it's so juicy. Juicy. I was just going to say juicy. (laughs) I love that word for us, (laughs) right? We could go there. I think that what's so cool, everything that you're saying, and as I'm listening, it's really so much of what we need to build confidence overall. And that is not only the tools, but the practice. And I think I was saying this even this weekend is that I define confidence as a very simple word experience. I don't believe there's one person that's not confident. It's just that there's an area that they haven't had either positive exposure to, or even just, you know, or they haven't had exposure period. So what you're saying and what you're giving everybody are just like tangible things that you can do. And if you like 
say, get these techniques down with your own body and you do it over and over again and you're having success with it, imagine how much more confident you'll feel with a man and then be able to communicate that. So that is just, I love it. And I love that you're just so open with all this stuff because it makes everyone else receive it in a very more relaxed way. And that that's really what it's all about. So Susan, you're amazing. I could listen to you all day and night. So was there any other like kind of like last minute words of wisdom or tips that you wanted to share? I would just say taking on your own solo masturbation practice Mm. and really learning different ways to come with different toys is just a good idea. It increases your orgasmic capacity. It improves your ability to have orgasms with a partner when you have a partner, not reduces. It doesn't wear out your clitoris. It doesn't desensitize you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you might be temporarily desensitized for a minute or two, but then you have a very quick refractory period and you could just come again and again and again. So that's what I'd like to say. And just to close it off, if you'd like to follow me, here are the places to find me. I have over 200 free videos at betterlover.com. I have over 5,000 articles that I've written over many, many years at personallifemedia.com. They're both searchable by keywords. So if there's something on your mind, how do I give a good blow job? You know, whatever. My vagina smells weird. You know, whatever it is. <laughs> I have articles on that. <laughs> And then you can follow me on Instagram. If you want to know Susan Bratton, that's who I am. And it's at Susan Bratton, S-U-S-A-N-B-R-A-T-T-O-N. That's just more my, I mean, today I literally did a post about my daughter who's 25 and amazing. So it was a mom brag post, Uh but mostly it's about sexy stuff, but it's my sexy life. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Susan, thank you so much for sharing everything and coming on. And I'm sure everyone will want you back. And thanks for joining me today. You listening, this has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you struggle with your sexy confidence and it's affecting your self-esteem when dating, first of all, download Susan's like fabulous products. And we'll have some of those links in the show notes and hop on a call with me to help you being more comfortable in your skin and giving off signals to attract those dates. Just click the link you see in the show notes to schedule that. And who knows, that one call could change the entire course of your life as it does with so many. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now.